Welcome back to the Zillennial Big Sis Podcast. I'm your host, Emma. This is Emma. Welcome back to or to the Zillennial Big Sis podcast. If that is your first time listening, if it is, go give the other episodes a listen. And if it isn't and you're still not following, please give me a follow. Please, I would really appreciate it. Okay, so today I was trying to think about, you know, what I wanted to talk about for this podcast episode. And I realized something very, very true. I have been in a rut. And the rut that I've been in, just like I can't describe it. It kind of started around the election and I started to travel. And okay, when I say travel, I mean not really because it's COVID. So I went to see my cousin in St. Louis where she has um, her own apartment and it was super fun and super, super cool. And I also got to see some of my friends that I worked with at camp that also live in St. Louis. And, you know, Nothing crazy was happening. I promised it was good, socially distanced, fun. And so after I got back from that trip, I cannot lie, I have felt very off. I have felt very, I don't know, weird. And I think the biggest thing is this damn time change. And it gets so dark so early. So I go to work and it's light out because my job doesn't start until a little later in the day. And I'm not a big morning. Like I don't like waking up early in the morning. I'm not saying that I'm not a morning person, but I just am not an early person to wake up. And even when I wake up like two and a half hours before work, I feel like I don't want to do anything. And because of that, I end up wasting that valuable time in the sunlight and I go to work and then I leave and it's dark outside and it's cold and I just have no freaking idea what to do because it may only be 6 or 6.30, but it feels like it's fucking 1 a.m. and it's so annoying. And then to add to that, I mean, I went from being in St. Louis where I saw my new people. I was with my cousin, which was super fun. And we got to catch up and talk and do new things and, you know, go to a winery and sit outside and go to the arch. And then we got these super good root beer floats. And it was just so much fun to have someone new next to me. And I'm not saying that I don't love my mom and my dad because it is fine living here. It is fine. Um, I think it's not as bad as people say it is, but also at the same time, it's the same people all the time. So I'm sure people are going through this with their roommates, but I'm just going through this and my roommates happen to be my mom and my dad. So I came from that high of having all of that because I'm an extrovert and that charges me and it made me so excited to coming back home. And it was just, it just got pretty, pretty low, pretty quick. And this happens every single year. So I live in Indiana. I always have, but when I was in college, it wasn't as bad as it is at home because in college I would go over to my friend's houses and I would hang out with them or I'd go out to the bars pre COVID. Obviously, you know, I would really just be occupying that time. I felt like I could do whatever I wanted and all of this, but with all the COVID restrictions and 
it getting cold and it getting dark. I just feel like I am in a rut. So today I'm going to be talking about some things that I do to get myself out of a rut. And this is not just an emotional rut. This could be a physical rut. This could be a creative rut. These are just things that can help me get out of that space where you're just kind of remaining stagnant. You've almost like plateaued in what's happening in your life or you just feel like you're not moving forward or you're not moving at all. So today I'm going to be talking about how to get out of that rut. The first step of getting out of any rut is you have to know what the rut is. Is it a creative rut? Is it, you know, a confidence rut? Is it a work ethic rut? Anything can be in a rut. And when I say rut, I mean, you know, it's a point where you just really don't feel like you're moving anywhere. You're just kind of not even moving backwards, but like walking in place. You keep doing the same thing and time just feels like it's flying by, but you're not having anything happen And that is what I think of when I think of the word rut. So you have to first identify what type of rut that you're having. So right now, I think I'm having like a lack of social time. I'm having a lack of physical exercise and I'm lacking things that are passion projects like this podcast. One of the biggest things that made me start this podcast was the fact that it was something I was excited to do and I was passionate about it. So every time I sit down to record, I get a little bit more excited. And, you know, even if I'm in a creative rut that day, I'm still more excited to record the podcast. So identifying what type of rut it is, is not number one. Once you figure out what type of rut you're having, whether it's creative, relationship, you know, physical, kind of things like that, then you have to start with number two. And number two is probably the hardest part of the process. And it's the hardest part because it's a lot more inward, inward, ew, <laughs> that is not the proper word, inward thinking and it's a lot of like self-reflection and really auditing your life. And that is finding what is causing this. So for some people, it can simply be the weather. It can simply be the fact that their partner and them haven't switched anything up in their relationship and they keep doing the same thing. It could be the fact that, you know, you haven't gotten to go outside or get into a new creative space. All of these things can cause ruts. But It can also be something way deeper than that. And it can be something that, you know, I'm not going to say can't be solved on your own, but may need more professional help and professional support. So if you're in a rut and it's something that's not going away, then it could be something deeper than that. And I would recommend going to see someone for, you know, emotional support, going to see someone for more professional support, whether it's a therapist, psychiatrist, a doctor, something like that to help you kind of pinpoint those feelings. Because if you can't get past step number two, that can ultimately be a sign that maybe there's something bigger going on. Maybe that there's something, you know, you would really benefit from professional help like therapy or counseling or even, you know, medication, because there are certain things that It's really hard for us to do alone. And if you have something like depression or critical anxiety, things like that, or bipolar disorder, 
there can be a lot of times that your brain is just lacking a chemical balance. And I'm not saying that medicine is the cure for all because I know so many people who have struggled in their life to find that perfect concoction of medicine, but because your body's ever changing, it's just, it's a very hard battle to go through. And I really empathize for any of you who are listening to this, who have had to go through that. But if you cannot get past step two on your own, and really feel confident with what you're doing with that, then definitely I would recommend seeking professional help. And just a side note that step number two of identifying what is causing this rut is something that's really important to understand that this step can be misinterpreted. So you can think, oh, I figured it out. It's just the fact that, you know, I don't like my job. And that's why I'm in an emotional rut because my job is like taking the life out of me. So you could do that, move forward. And maybe step number three is to reevaluate your position in the company and maybe ask for a different position. But then when you get that, you realize, okay, nothing has changed. So it wasn't really that. And because we're complex beings, there's not always just going to be one reason. So you can actually have to completely restart the process and go back to step number two. But step number two is the hardest and the longest step. But once you figure it out, then it can be really, really really helpful to getting out of that rut. So for me, step one is I think I'm in a social rut. I feel like I don't get enough socialization. I am not with enough people, which is crazy because I'm with people all the time for my job, but that's different than having really good relationships. And because of the current state of the world, it makes it very difficult to, you know, go outside and get all the things that I want. And then also because of the weather changing and the sun going down earlier, it affects me every single year. So that is me pinpointing what type of rut it is, which is a social rut and what is causing it, which is a lack of socialization that I haven't been able to get. I am such an extrovert. I get fueled by relationships and talking to people and all of that, but also I'm an extrovert that really, really cares about having quality interactions and quality relationships with people. So that is something that is missing for me now. So once you've done step number one and step number two, you can move on to step number three, which is creating an action plan. When you are ready to create your action plan, start writing things down, put it on paper, put things that you think will help you. You know, you can use one sheet of paper to start and, you know, put a ton of different ideas and then narrow it down from there to things that you can actually implement in your days and in your weeks. So for me, if I'm trying to, you know, get better socialization and, make everything feel brighter. I'm going to write down three things. So the first thing that I could do is say, you know, I need to go to dinner or FaceTime a friend at least once a week. When you were creating these tasks, it is really important to almost make them in the smart goal format. And if you've never heard of smart goals in business, shout out Mr. Grismore for teaching this, even though I did it wrong all the time. I finally nailed it down. He said I would never know how to do it. He did not believe in me, but I got it right. So smart is something that is specific. 
um, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. So what that means is you want your goal to be super specific. You want it to be something that you can keep track of so you can measure it, which means that you have to be able to track it. So one FaceTime or one dinner, that is something that you can measure. And then attainable is something that you can actually do. My goal cannot be meet a hundred people in a week because right now, let's be honest, that is not attainable. Realistic also goes with, you know, I'm not going to be able to have a conversation with a celebrity. That is something, you know, I couldn't say my goal was to talk to Chris Evans once a week. You know, that is not my goal. So keeping it realistic. So something that you can actually do and then timely. So put a time limit on it. So mine would be once a week. So that would be, you know, putting a timestamp on it. I'm able to measure it. It's a specific goal that I can hit. So if my goal was to FaceTime a friend or go get dinner with a friend once a week, then that would be a really good goal because I can measure it. It's something that I can track and see how it is going and actually accomplish that goal. And it doesn't feel lofty. It doesn't feel like something that is impossible to do. Another example of a goal to help me get more socialization and, you know, soak up the sun rays because I'm feeling down after work would be to wake up around 745 in the morning and get in a 30 minute workout five days a week. So I could do that on the days that I work. I could do that on the days that I'm off, but that is really, you know, helping me soak up the sun rays. That is helping me get excited for the day. I know working out makes me feel much, much better. And it is important when you start setting these goals and you start making these lists that you use your past experience to see what actually makes you feel better. I know that working out actually makes me feel a lot better. Even if I don't want to do it, it just makes me feel good. It releases really good serotonin. And it is something that is super helpful for me. And it's something that I know works in my life. And again, if you start doing these things and you notice that things that used to make you feel really good, maybe aren't anymore. Again, take note of those things because that is super important to know. That is super important to remember. And maybe the last goal that I could set for myself is I know having a dirty room. And for me, because all of my clothes that I wear for work are black. If I have any clothes on the floor, it literally turns my room into a black blob on the floor. And I know I'm pretty bad about that. So my next goal could be to, you know, pick up the floor of your room once a day. So that is something that I can do after work. I can do in the morning. It doesn't matter when I do it, but when I do it, I will feel much, much better because it will prevent all my black sweaters and pants and shoes and everything that I wear for work from taking up all my floor space and literally making my room feel like a black pit. So that is actually what I'll be doing tomorrow for my day off because Having a clean space and having a space that is light and airy can really help because if your space feels really dark and it feels like a messy dungeon or a place that is, you know, adding to your stress, then that is something that probably isn't going to help you out. So those would be three examples of goals that I would set for myself for right now and writing those down on a piece of paper, having them every day, checking them off is something that is super important to do because you want to be able to track your goals. Now we are starting step number four, which is actually doing it. Once you write something down, it is all fine and dandy, but it doesn't actually hold very much weight until you actually start doing these things. This 
step is super, super important because you have to understand that if you mess up or if you miss a few things every once in a while, or you notice one goal is just messing you up. It doesn't make you feel any better. This is where you can go back to step number three, you know, rewrite some new goals and keep going. When you're doing that, it is also good to write down, take notes about how you're feeling, if your rut is changing, if your mood is changing. And it is really good to track all of that down on paper. I'm not saying that you have to write a whole biography about yourself. You don't have to, or an autobiography, I guess. You don't have to write down a memoir. You just want to have something that's physical that can remind you because when you're in a rut, I feel like days can kind of blur together when you're super busy. You know, your brain is kind of foggy. Those days blurring together is not going to help you actually distinguish what is working and what is not. And a great way to track this is writing it down, whether it's in a journal or your phone, however you prefer to do it. Just keep track of those things and keep trying to hit your goals. And there is no actual time frame that I would recommend for doing this because it's very, very different for each goal. You know, if you are working on something that is much deeper, then it's going to take a lot longer. But if you are working on something that is super simple, you know, you're just saying I'm in a creative rut and I'm trying to write a paper and you realize that going outside gave you the creative boost that you needed and you did that and you finish your paper, then cool. You've got that goal accomplished. You got out of your rut and you can move forward and you can move on. So just remember that there is no time limit to this. But if you notice that you're going again and again for, I would say probably a month and nothing is changing or things are getting worse, I would definitely recommend talking to a professional. And the nice thing is when you actually go to see them, you're going to have a little bit more concrete information about yourself. If you've been writing things down, if you've been tracking what you're doing. And that can be super helpful for them to get a fuller picture of you and you know how you're feeling and what is going on in your mind because everyone's mind is completely, completely different. And then step five is to reflect. So step five may sound stupid. And I think a lot of people skip step five. A lot of people don't do the reflection stage for themselves for the actual practice in their life. Like you may do a reflection in work or in school, but whenever it comes to your life, reflecting back is something that typically only happens when, you know, you're sitting there with your friends and you're on a bonfire and you're just talking about things and you're telling stories. And that's typically when, you know, reflection happens, but making sure that you have time to actually devote to reflecting on what was happening, you know, what helped, what didn't help. And what you notice about yourself is really important to understand yourself wholly as a person because we're constantly growing and we are constantly changing. And what works for you when you're in middle school is not going to necessarily be what works for you when you're in your 20s. And I can tell you right now, what worked for me in college does not work for me now. And that's okay. But what I've realized is that going through these five steps has really, really helped me, you know, move forward in ruts and has really helped me, you know, try to figure out what is going on in my life and really just put some concrete feelings and thoughts to things that just feel so lofty sometimes. Right now with everything happening in the world, and I know people hate hearing like everything happening in the world, but it's so true. Everything happening in the world right now, it is just, there's so much uncertainty. There's so much changing every single day, but also at the same time, it feels so stagnant. 
I think it's really important to understand and take time for ourselves to really try to be better at the end of all of this, even though I don't think that there's going to be a defining moment of the very end of anything that's going on. COVID-19 will probably still be a virus that people are getting vaccinated for in, you know, maybe 25 years. It could be something that never leaves, but if we don't take this time that we have, whether you're in quarantine, whether you're on your online Zoom classes, or you're going to work, but you feel like you're losing human connection because you're talking behind a mask, just remember that this is the time more than ever to really take that that personal reflection to heart and to take that personal reflection seriously and to try to have a better understanding of yourself. Because right now, you are changing. Right now, you are in a spot that doesn't feel normal and it doesn't feel like every single day life. And that's okay. I think there's so much pressure in this world to feel like we are always in control and to feel like we have our shit together and feel like we're always in a positive mood. But let's be completely honest, that's not the case. That's not the case for so many people. And when you find yourself in a rut and you find yourself in a place where you feel like you were just walking in place, that you're not necessarily going forwards and you're not going backwards, you just can't figure it out. You can't shake it. Following these five steps can be super helpful because it may seem super obvious, but when you really put these things in practice, then they can make such a huge, huge, huge difference in your life. So just to go over those five steps again in order, we have step one, which is define what type of rut you're in. So that could be a creative rut, a romantic rut, social rut, you know, pretty much anything. Two, find the source of the rut, whether that's work, whether that is, you know, the weather changing or it's something deeper like anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder. Finding that source of the rut is super important and can be the hardest and longest step. But then there's step number three, which is creating an action plan for your rut. This part is super exciting because you get to brainstorm all the ways that you could be helping yourself. And it doesn't have to just all come from your mind. It can come from people around you. It can come from blogs. It can come from advice videos, pretty much just brainstorming everything that you were trying to do to get out of this rut. And then that brings us to step number four, which is actually doing the things on your action plan. And once you do things on your action plan, reviewing what is working, seeing what's not, and editing while you're going. That is something that is completely okay to do, but that also brings you to step number five. Step number five is reviewing everything and understanding what has just happened, really taking time to understand what you have been through, what has been working and what hasn't. So these steps are super easy on paper, but they take a lot of time. They take a lot of practice, but they are something that is super attainable. And when you break things down into steps and into daily tasks, it can make the big feelings in this world seem like they're something that are super manageable. And when you realize that you can break things down into daily tasks and you can break things down and you can take little bites out of the bigger, bigger picture, then that is going to make you feel so much better because every single time you just chip away at these chips on your shoulder 
eventually you're going to take a boulder and make it into a grain of sand. And that is something that is so cool about being a human. It is something that is so awesome about being just a complex person is you have the ability to help yourself. And just remember, if you feel like you have been chipping away at this boulder on your shoulder, you haven't been moving anywhere. And even after following these action plans, you feel like you are in a place that is still hopeless. It is a place that is dark and maybe a place that is confusing. Please, please seek emotional support, whether that is from family or friends or a counselor, but please seek professional help because that is the people that are trained. They are devoted to helping you in your mental health journey. And I know that things can be crazy in the world, but whether it's a counseling journal or it is videos online from counselors or actually going to your own one-on-one therapy sessions or even group therapy sessions, there are so many great resources out there for you to check out. And I would definitely recommend my number one recommendation of a place to go to for new information and good information for you is NAMI. So NAMI stands for the National Alliance on Mental Illness. So you can find them on NAMI.org, N-A-M-I, NAMI. And I am not sponsored by them. I am not, you know, anyway, trying to make money off of them. But NAMI is actually really cool because it is a mental health organization that is dedicated to building better lives for the millions of Americans affected by mental illness. And I am getting this information directly from their website. I actually learned about this organization because a woman in my sorority actually brought the local chapter to Ball State and she was the president of NAMI. So they have organizations on campuses. They have really great resources. They have advocate groups. They have, you know, support groups. They have all of these different things. And it is super cool, just really good place to get a lot of education and a lot of information. So check that out if you don't know where to start. They have such great resources and I would definitely, definitely recommend checking NAMI out. Just please remember, I am not a medical professional. This is just what has worked for me and what I would suggest to any of my friends that are going through things and to myself. It is something that I've learned throughout my life that these five steps are really, really helpful in getting out of that rut. And whether it's a simple rut to fix or it is something with a deeper rooted issue, that is okay because let's be honest, we're human beings. We are all dumpster fires of people. But you know what's so cool is dumpster fires are are beautiful. So just remember that when you are trying to get out of your rut. I know today's episode wasn't as funny or, you know, as crazy of advice, but it is something that I think we all need to hear right now, how to get out of a rut. It is something that I'm feeling. It's something that you're probably feeling at home or at the gym or at work, wherever you are listening to me. I am Emma and I release new episodes on Mondays and Fridays. So please give me a follow on Spotify and I cannot wait for Friday's episode. Thank you so much.